Hi everyone, this is Pastor Brett from First Baptist Church here in Cherryvale, Kansas, and I want to welcome you to our Cherryvale First Baptist Church Sermon Podcast. Our prayer is that the Lord will speak to you through His Word for His people. If you're looking for a church home, we encourage you to join us for our celebration service every Sunday morning at 1045. It's a great time of praising our Lord and hearing from Him. We are just a group of passionate followers of Jesus Christ with a desire to worship Him and take His message of hope to the heartland. If you want to find out more information about our church, you can look at our website, www.fbcherryvale.org. My sermon will begin in just a moment, and thanks again for listening. I invite you to find your Bible and turn with me to the book of Psalms, chapter 22. As you're turning there this morning, as we reminisce about our mothers, they sure have taught us a lot, right? Think about all the things that your mama taught you, things like logic. Now, if your mama was anything like mine, this is what your mama would have said to you about logic. She said something like, if everyone jumped off a cliff, would you do it too? Have you ever heard that? Maybe you've said that to your own kids. How about this one? Mamas, they taught us about medicine. If you don't stop crossing your eyes, they're going to stay that way. Or how about this one? How about how we become an adult? If you don't eat your vegetables, you're never going to grow up to be big and strong. Our mothers, they taught us about genetics. You are just like your father. They taught us about our roots. You better close that door. Do you think you were born in a barn? How about the wisdom of age? This is what they say, right? When you get to be my age, well, then you'll understand. Or they'll say something like this, I'll explain it to you when you get older. Our mamas, they're gifted in logic. And this is what they say, because I said so, that's why. Our mothers, they taught us about anticipation. You just wait until your father gets home. They teach us about justice. One day, one day you're going to have kids, and I hope they turn out just like you. Then you'll know what it's like. They teach us about stamina. Well, then you're just going to sit there until all of that spinach is gone. And lastly, they teach us about religion. You better pray that that comes off the carpet. My siblings and I, we are blessed once again to celebrate Mother's Day, and we thank God for the opportunity to celebrate our mother today. God has truly blessed us with a wonderful mother, and we honor her, and we love her greatly, not only today, but every day. She is truly a virtuous woman. However, what we see is not everyone is able to celebrate today. There are many whose mothers, they are gone. They're now with the Lord. And you may be experiencing the pain of loss today rather than wanting to celebrate. Maybe you're a mother that's lost a child, and your heart, it just grieves on Mother's Day. Maybe you're having difficulty celebrating Mother's Day because you, well, for you, your mother just wasn't that ideal. She wasn't that virtuous woman that we like to preach about. And you just have all of these bad memories about your mother. Maybe you have some guilty feelings, some guilt feelings about your own motherhood, your own time as a mom, because you have problems with your own children. Maybe you were never able to have children. And Mother's Day, it just isn't a joyous occasion for you. Maybe you never had a real mom. Maybe you were raised in a foster home or by relatives. Or maybe you're a single mom and you're just struggling day by day trying to be a good mother to your children. Understand, different people have different memories about Mother's Day. But it's safe for us to say this morning that we have all, we've all experienced times in our lives where our mothers, where they have influenced our lives in some form or fashion. 
thinking of my experiences with my mom, and understanding the responsibilities of my wife, I, I can truly say to you this morning, I am doubly blessed to have two good women in my life. I truly believe that God, that He took extra care when He made mothers and wives. Think about it. When we look at creation, every other creature in creation, it was made from what? The ground. Except for who? Except for woman. What was she made from? She was made from the rib of man. Now, men, that statement right there should preach to you. Because woman is not from the dust of the earth. So watch this. Because she's not from the dust of the earth, she is not to be walked upon. She is not to be mistreated. She is not to be abused or neglected. She is special. Woman, she is part of man. Your wife, she is part of you. And since you don't want to hurt yourselves, why would you hurt the one that is part of you? Adam said she is what? She is bone of my bone, flesh of my flesh. In other words, what he was saying is this. She is me. And since I'm not going to hurt myself, I shouldn't hurt her either. Understand, God has equipped good mothers and wives with things that we cannot see in other people. Mothers, they have this like x-ray vision, right? These x-ray eyes. They can see through walls. They can see when children are playing, especially when they're quiet, right? They know just what's going on. They're able to tell what's happening in the other room. Mothers... Although you can't see it, they seem to have more than one set of hands so that they can do so many things for the family all at one time. Moms, they have big hearts that allow her to love her family no matter what. Mothers know that their kitchen utensils, well, they're either in the tub or they're out in the backyard or in the sandbox or they're, they're anywhere instead of in the drawer. Mothers often have sticky floors, filthy ovens, and happy kids. Mothers, they have the energy of a nuclear reactor. They appear to never get tired because she can work all day. And when she gets home, she can miraculously transform into this woman who can cook and teach and chauffeur and be a maid and be a wife. It's like that commercial in the old days. Some of you young kids may not recognize this, but in the old days they had this commercial. I said, mothers, they can what? She can bring home the bacon and fry it up in a pan. Mothers are doctors and nurses without even having a medical degree because she knows just how to kiss that hurt, kiss it just right and make it go away. And she can nurse a weak man back to health. Mothers are ministers. They keep the family together, keep it before the throne of God. She constantly is interceding for wayward family members and through it all, she's able to keep her sanity and keep her good looks. Mothers know that a child's growth, it isn't measured by height, it isn't measured by years or by the grade they're in. It's marked by this progression of what they say to their mother. It's from mama to mommy to mom. Mothers, they have the ability to know that something's wrong with their child, even though they may be separated by thousands of miles from that child. Mothers, they sometimes ask, why, why me, in that moment of despair? yet only to get a smile put on their face when that little one comes running in saying, it's because I love you most, Mom. As I was looking over a passage to teach today, this psalm that we're about to read, it came to my attention. And what impressed me about it was as I read it, it was, there was an apparent connection here between the things that our mothers taught us and what we now believe about God. So please stand in honor of reading God's word. We're in Psalms chapter 22. I'll be reading only two verses, verses 9 and 10. And talking to God, this is what the psalmist says to us this morning. He says, Yet you are he who took me from the womb. You made me trust you at my mother's breast. On you I cast from my birth. And from my mother's womb you have been my God. Let's pray. 
Lord, Heavenly Father, we just thank you for these words. We thank you for this truth that we're about to unpack this morning. Lord, as we look at our mothers and we look at the many things that they do for us, help us understand how we are to love and nurture and care for our moms and how they are such blessings in our life. Lord, we just pray that as we leave here, that we will all know what it is to be a mom who has an impact, who makes a difference in the life of her children, and how we can encourage our mothers, our wives, our spouses, our, our children in these ways so that they can grow up to do the same. We love you, God. We praise you. We thank you for this. Lord, I pray that you would just speak to us today. Get me out of the way if I'm in the way so that you can speak to your people this morning. It's in your name that we pray. And all God's children said, amen. You may be seated. Let me begin here by saying, did you notice in that psalm there that the psalmist, he doesn't talk about the faith that he gained when he, when he hung out with his friends and they, and, they, and they just talked, or when he was hopping around with his father on his father's knee. No, he's telling us here about the depth of the faith that he found when he was with his mother. A while back, there was a study done that showed children who had a good fortune to interact with their mothers a lot, they developed healthier consciences. In that study, toddlers, what they were encouraged to do was imitate their mothers. They imitated them in simple actions such as playing in a tea party or perhaps tending to stuffed animals. And during that experiment, the researchers, they graded the children based on their readiness to imitate what they observed from their moms. Then as the study went on, what they did was they evaluated these same children as they enticed them for prizes for games. And what they could do is they could only win these games, only win these prizes if they cheated or if they broke an object, something that had value to them. What these researchers, what they found out throughout this study was this, that the toddlers who eagerly imitated their mothers, they were more likely to follow the rules. And they were more likely to exhibit a sense of guilt if they had broken something. I've heard it stated that God has placed our conscience within us to monitor our behavior. The conscience, it's kind of like that thermostat in our life that tells us where we are. But apparently what that study shows us is what? It's the mom, the mothers that apparently help us define what those settings should be. There are things that children learn from their mothers that they cannot learn from anyone else. Here in Psalm 22, the psalmist here, he's telling us that just how critical his mother's influence was on his life. Just how much his mom made a difference in his life. He tells us how life had become, it become almost unbearable for him. And he had been rejected. People were mocking him. He'd seen and experienced how unfair life had been. And ultimately, I just wasn't with him anymore. God must have left him. He was filled with despair. He was filled with hopelessness. His world, it was just falling to pieces all around him. But then in the midst of this misery here, he remembers this lesson that he learned from his mother. And what might we learn from his mama? First, it's this. His mother raised him to under number one, to look to God. Look at verse 10 again. It says this, from my mother's womb, you have been my God. She raised him to lean on God, lean on him for strength and to lean on him for hope. Her name was Susanna Wesley. She was the mother of two great evangelists back in the day. Their names were John Wesley and Charles Wesley. It's recorded that she spent one hour each day praying for her 17 children. In addition, what she would do is she would take each child aside for a full hour each week and she would discuss spiritual matters with every one of her 17 children. Because of her faithfulness in pointing her children toward God, John and Charles Wesley, they grew up to have a powerful mark on the culture of their day. What all did she teach her children? 
Here's a few of the rules that she followed when she was training them. It was this. First, she rewarded politeness and good behavior. And she punished any sign of stubbornness and selfishness in her children. Second was this. She taught her children to pray. From the earliest possible age, as soon as they could speak, she taught them to pray. Third was she made it a point. If she made a promise to one of her children, she kept it. And fourth was this. If a child, if they freely confessed a sin, she didn't punish them. But rebellious behavior, it was always dealt with quickly and swiftly. Moms, the point here is this. What she did was she took responsibility as a godly mother. She took that seriously in her life. And she saw her role in influencing her children for Christ. She saw it as a crucial element for them. Davida Dalton, she's the author of the book, Christian Soup for the Christian Soul. And in this book, she wrote about this one particular day in her life. It was particularly hectic that day. Now, she had 10 children already, and she had one more on the way. And then on this particular morning, it was more trying because her son, Len, he was about three years old at the time. He was at her heels everywhere that she went. He was right behind him doing whatever she did. And whenever she'd stop to do something, she'd turn around and she'd practically trip over little Len. Several times she patiently suggested some fun activities to try to keep him occupied. Finally, she asked him, wouldn't you like to go outside and play in the swing set? But he simply smiled at her and he said, oh, that's all right, Mommy. I'd rather be in here with you. Then he just bounced along happily, following her wherever she went. After stepping on his toes for it seemed like about the fifth time that day, she began to lose her patience and she insisted that he go outside and play with the other children. When she asked him finally, why are you acting this way? He just looked up at her with these sweet little green eyes that he had. And he said this. He said, well, mommy, he said in Sunday school, my teacher taught me to walk in Jesus' footsteps. But I can't see him, so I'm walking in yours. Go ahead. You can say it. All right. Now, understand, that psychological study I mentioned earlier, it revealed that sometimes all a mom has to do, all they have to do sometimes is simply play with their children. And they can grasp some very powerful lessons in life. But the writer of Psalm 22 here, he tells us that his mother, that she actually went a little bit further than that. This mother actively cast her child upon God. And because she was so faithful in this, she kept her son from stumbling over into despair. Kept him from giving up on life when life got hard. Look how he reasons. This is found later on in Psalm 22, verses 14 to 16. He starts here by saying this. He says, I am poured out like water, and all my bones are out of joint. My heart is like wax. It is melted within my breast. My strength is dried up like a potsherd, and my tongue sticks to my jaws. You lay me in the dust of death, for dogs encompass me, and company of evildoers encircles me. They have pierced my hands and feet. So what's he describing here? He's describing just how filled with despair that he had become. But then, what we're going to see is even though he was overwhelmed by this turmoil, by the tragedies that were going on at that moment, even still, what is he going to do? He's going to look to God for his help. Friend, are you at that point this morning? Are you at that point where the struggles of life, those struggles, they're weighing you down, and you just don't know, you don't know where to look for your help? Take hope. Because look at what our psalmist write next. This is in verses 19 and 20. It says, But you, O Lord, do not be far off. O you, my help, come quickly to my aid. Deliver my soul from the sword, my precious life from the power of the dog. 
But that's not all, you see. After he prays for deliverance, and before anything ever happens in his life, look what he ends up saying down in verses 22 to 24. He says, I will tell of your name to my brothers. In the midst of the congregation, I will praise you. You who hear the Lord, praise him. All of you offspring of Jacob, glorify him. And stand in awe of him, all you offspring of Israel. For he is not despised or abhorred the affliction of the afflicted. And he has not hidden his face from him, but has heard when he cried to him. Wait, hold on a second. So what's going on here? What do we see here? How can this man, he's got this despair, all these challenges going on in life, and now he shifts so quickly from that despair and that hopelessness to what? To an attitude of praise and worship. You see, it's because of this. It's because his mama, she taught him about God. In Psalm 22, 3, she taught him God was a powerful and worthy of praise. Look how he writes it there. He says, yet you are holy, enthroned on the praises of Israel. Then, down in verses 4 and 5, she told him some of the stories about what God, what he had done in the past for the others. It says this, in you our fathers trusted. They trusted and you delivered them. To you they cried and were rescued. In you they trusted and you were not put to shame. You see, that's the advantage of a godly mother. If you want to be a mom who makes a difference, then you need to instill the power of faith in your children. And that power of faith, it will give your kids courage and hope when life turns sour. Because it will at times. We all know life goes south from time to time. In John 16, Jesus tells us that right there, he says, in this world you will have what? You will have tribulation. It is going to come. And when that trouble comes, if you've done the right thing, they'll be able to handle the discouragement all alone. Okay, all alone. Except for who? Except for God, right? And that's what moms who make a difference do to prepare their children. Under number two, a mom who makes a difference, she'll raise her children to be faithful to God's word. When we look at young Timothy, we find the Apostle Paul recognizing his undying faith, the faith that was instilled in Timothy. But most importantly, he recognizes where and from whom that faith had come. In Acts 16.1, it tells us there that Timothy, the son of a Jewish woman who was a believer, but his father was a Greek. Now, as we look back at Timothy's life, we see here that he had a Greek father, but his mother was a Jew. Although, if you really did research, you'd see Eunice, her name was Greek. He also had present in his life a grandmother, and her name was Lois. So Paul, he remembers Timothy's mother and his grandmother for what? For their genuine faith that they had in the Lord. In fact, Timothy, he had one of the greatest privileges that any child can have. And what's that? It's a strong Christian mother and grandmother. His mother and grandmother, they were staunch believers in the Lord. Believers who were faithful to God's word every day of their lives. Friends, this was, and it still is, one of the keys really in any family to be faithful. You must be faithful to God's word every day. Timothy's mother and his grandmother, they had taught Timothy the scriptures from his earliest childhood. 2 Timothy 3.15, he said this, And how from childhood you have been acquainted with the sacred writings which are able to make you wise from salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. The results of doing this, they are rewarding. In our world today, there's something encouraging about a young person who exhibits godly Christian behaviors. 
And friends, I just got to say this. I don't understand it today. And maybe that's just because my mother, that even though I'm 53 years old now, and I shouldn't say that out loud, she still reminds me just who the mother is. See, I can't understand how young people today, how they can walk around out there wearing their pants down below their waist, underwear hanging out, wearing pajamas all day long, getting all kinds of of full body piercings and tattoos and talking all kinds of manner of filth and trash and disrespect. I mean, they have total disregard for all the people around them. Church, this is nothing more than a lack of good home training. It's nothing more than the lack of a sound advice of a godly mother. How many of you as a child, when you were growing up, how many of you ever tried leaving home in your pajamas? Or walking out in your night robe or whatever you had on, get the mail, get the newspaper or whatever, take out the trash? Now, if your mom was anything like mine, she would have been standing there saying, what? Where are you going dressed like that? You get marched right back in. You better get upstairs and you better get on some decent clothes right now. I raised you better than that. And you're not going to make me look like a fool. That's what our mama said, right? I've got to say, it's always encouraging when you see and you hear of a young person that has good Christian manners. And that's what Paul, that's what he saw in Timothy. Good Christian manners. Manners that were influenced by a mom. A mom who made a difference. Timothy had a zeal to please the Lord. A zeal that his mother and his grandmother that they told him about. Paul knew that Timothy's grandmother and mother. He knew about them. They were saved during one of those meetings that were in Lystra. And they raised Timothy up in the fear of the Lord. In fact, his name Timothy, you may not know this. His Timothy means one who fears God. And what we see is in his life. He showed it. He lived it out. It was so evident in his life that Paul saw that he would be able to nurture him for ministry. Paul noticed Timothy's growth, seeing his authentic faith that from a child he had known the sacred scriptures of the Old Testament. And seeing his Christian character and his demeanor, he saw his entire suitableness for the work of the ministry. So he would say this about him in Acts 16.3. It said, Paul wanted Timothy to what? To accompany him. He wanted him to go out into ministry with him. He says, I've seen your upbringing, I've seen your background, I see how you live, how you walk, and I know that God is calling you to come work with me. So, it was due to a mom who makes a difference, due to the influence of Timothy's mother and grandmother that allowed him to have a fulfilling life of ministry with Paul. I know we've all seen it from time to time. We've seen that mother, whether it's in Walmart or at the park or wherever they may be, we've seen that child that's misbehaving, right? And we all know that child, they don't even consider what their parents are trying to tell them. They're just ignoring their parents and they're going off and doing whatever they want because here's the truth you must know. You cannot allow a child to do as it pleases at home and then expect them to act right when they're out in public. In fact, I'm convinced enough to believe that If a child is rotten and they've never been corrected, that child will grow up to be a rotten adult. Timothy's mother and grandmother, you see, they loved him enough to instruct him, to teach him the scriptures so that he would not embarrass them when he got out into the open, when he got off on his own. That's why the Bible says in Proverbs 22, 6, most of you know this verse. It says, train up a child in the way he should go. Even when he is old, he will not depart from it. He learned from his grandmother. He learned from his mother the things that were necessary to be a strong young man in the Lord. You see, his mom and his grandmother, they weren't likely interested in being his best friends. We see that in so many so-called mothers today. They want to be their child's best friend. 
You see, they were what? They were his mother and his grandmother. And they needed him to understand that. They didn't give him everything that he wanted, but they gave him everything that he needed. He wasn't on a first name basis with them, nor did he tell them, hey, mom, grandma, this is what I'm going to do. Oh, no, I'm not going to do that. He called them grandma. He called them mom. And if there was something that he wanted to do or needed to do, what would he do? He would ask them if he should do it. That's why Paul saw him, the unfainting faith that was in him, because he was taught the way of the Lord, taught by his mother and by his grandmother from the early age. You know what we see in today's world? What do we see? You can tell the boys that were raised in a home with the absence of a real man and in the presence of an angry mother. He's heard her say this so many times to him. Son, your daddy is nothing. And guess what? You are just like him. Lazy, good for nothing. You look like him, you act like him, and you're useless. Just like him. And if you think that doesn't happen out there in the world today, then you're wrong. All I can say is, you better be careful how you speak, mama, because the power of life and death is on the tongue. It's in your words. You have an influence on your children like no one else. But Timothy, Timothy was not like those children I just talked about. Paul didn't see any anger in Timothy. Any anger that came from his mother, he saw and he heard the godliness of his mother and grandmother. And Paul, he even went on to say that he was persuaded that that same faith that his mother and his grandmother shown was also in him. We'll close out this morning under number three. We're going to look at a mom who makes a difference. She will raise her children to fear the Lord. Solomon asked the question, and this is such a passage that's overused a lot on Mother's Day. I haven't used it before on Mother's Day, but I'm going to use it today because I think we need to hear this. It's in Proverbs chapter 31, verses 10 to 31. It says, an excellent wife who can find. She is far more precious than jewels. The heart of her husband trusts in her, and he will have no lack of gain. She does him good and not harm all the days of her life. She seeks wool and flax and works with willing hands. She is like the ships of the merchant. She brings her food from afar. She rises while it is yet night and provides food for her household and portions for her maidens. She considers a field and buys it. With the fruit of her hands, she plants a vineyard. She dresses herself with strength and makes her arms strong. She perceives that her merchandise is profitable. Her lamps do not go out at night. She puts her hands to the distaff and her hand holds the spindle. She opens her hand to the poor and reaches out her hands to the needy. She is not afraid of snow for her household. For all her household are clothed in scarlet. She makes bed coverings for herself. Her clothing is fine linen and purple. Her husband is known in the gates where he sits among the elders of the land. She makes linen garments and sells them. She delivers sashes to the merchants. Strength and dignity are her clothing and she lasts at the time to come. She opens her mouth with wisdom and the teaching of kindness is on her tongue. She looks well to the ways of her household and does not eat the bread of idleness. Her children rise up and call her blessed. Her husband also, and he praises her. Many women have done excellently, but you surpass them all. Charm is deceitful, but beauty is vain. But a woman who fears the Lord is to be praised. Give her of the fruits of her hands and let her works praise her in the gates. So to my mother, to the mother of my children, to all of you mothers that are out there this morning, let me say this, you all have such an awesome influence on the next generation. So I encourage you, 
be virtuous by teaching the younger generation to fear the Lord. It's like it says in Titus 2, 3 to 5. It says, older women likewise are to be reverent in behavior, not slanderers or slaves to much wine. They are to teach what is good. And so train the young woman to love her, their husband and children, to be self-controlled, pure, working at home, kind and submissive to their own husbands, that the word of God may not be reviled. So influence the next generation and do that by instilling in them the fear of the Lord. For the fear of the Lord is what? It's the beginning of wisdom to all the mothers, both naturally, spiritually. Again, I say happy Mother's Day. I want to personally thank you. Thank you for the never-ending patience. Thank you for, this, for standing by our sides. Thank you for praying for us when we were young and foolish and impatient. We're hot-headed, we're temperamental, and we've been stubborn. Thank you for every meal that you prepared in love, even though you might have been tired or sick. Nevertheless, with love, you fed us. Thank you for being our confidant. When no one else would listen to us, you listened and you cared when we needed that shoulder to cry on. Thank you for loving me enough to tell me when I was wrong and encouraging me when I was right. Thank you for the nights that you lost sleep because you were staying awake. Maybe you were taking care of me. Maybe nursing me back to health. Maybe you were just praying for me till the midnight hours when I wasn't praying for myself. From all of us children to all of the mothers here, we say thank you. Thank you, mothers. Let me just close with this. How can you be a mom who makes a difference? First, teach your children to look to God. You point your children to God, to a God who was so powerful, he could experience the turmoils of life. He could face the suffering, the rejection, even death. And what did we see? He conquered it all because death could not hold him. And you point to a God, a God who went through all of that. Why? Simply because he loves us. Psalm 22 is such a powerful chapter in Scripture, but I believe its greatest power comes from reminding us of our potential as parents, especially as mothers, to prepare our children for the difficulties of life. To give them the most powerful tool for overcoming despair, you can raise your children to be faithful to God's Word. It was in 2 Timothy we saw where Paul presented the benefits of a mom who teaches their children to be committed and to be faithful to God's Word. That gives them a powerful tool the most powerful tool for overcoming the despair that may come. And then you raise your children to fear the Lord. Because fear of the Lord is what? The beginning of wisdom. As we get ready to pray, what I want to do is I want you all to stand up right now. Stand up, everyone. I want, what I want you to do is this. I want to give all of our mothers, wherever they may be, I want you to give them a big thank you. And let's give them a big heartfelt round of applause to all of our mothers. Moms, we thank you. Thank you for all that you do. Thanks for being a mom, a mom who loved us enough to make a difference in our lives. Let's pray. I want to thank you for listening to the message today. I pray that this message somehow has touched you and created within you a passion for action for our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. If you have any questions or you need to make any decisions or you just need to talk to someone, I encourage you to contact your local pastor. And if you don't have one, if you don't have a local church, you may contact me through the church office at 620 336 
888-268-2777. We'd love to see you on Sunday mornings in church for our celebration service. It's a great time of fellowship and worship of our Lord and Savior. Come join us. We know you'll be blessed. And thanks again for listening to the Cherryvale First Baptist Church Sermon Podcast. And have a blessed day.